Time for this week's edition of the Source Weekly Update. Hot off the press and into your ear. Every week, found wherever you get audio. And now let's take a look at some of the highlights from this week's Source Weekly, Volume 24, Issue 10, dated March 3rd. First up from our news section, Coronavirus Comes to Oregon. Central Oregon agencies mobilize in anticipation of the arrival of COVID-19 in the region and in hopes of preventing its spread. By Nicole Vulcan. As of Tuesday, three people in Oregon have presumed cases of COVID-19, the virus first identified in China in late December. The Oregon State Public Health Laboratory in Hillsboro was certified to process COVID-19 tests February 28th. Just hours later, it confirmed its first presumed positive case. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta has to confirm that and the other cases before officials can say they're 100% confirmed. At a press conference February 28th, officials from the Oregon Health Authority said the Oregonian with the first presumed case had not recently traveled to China, nor any other of the countries affected by novel coronavirus. Neither had the other two Oregonians, who subsequently tested positive. Because of that, epidemiologists believe that many more people in Oregon have the virus than they're currently aware of. Meanwhile, nine people have died in Washington from COVID-19. As the situation continues to result in more questions than answers, the Oregon Health Authority and other public health officials are underlining the basics of prevention. Stay home if you have a cough or fever. Wash your hands thoroughly and often. Cover your coughs and sneezes, preferably with a tissue, and then throw the tissue away. And before going to the doctor, call the office so they can take steps to protect their own teams, should it turn out you have the virus. Central Oregon's response? A room crammed with computers and long tables in the basement of the Bendelapine Schools Administration Building in downtown Bend serves as a command center for community incidents like this. County, city, school, and other officials convene the Joint Incident Center, nicknamed the JIC, when they're dealing with a community issue that requires a coordinated response. The local JIC, a concept originally developed by the Federal Emergency Management Agency to foster information sharing in communities, has been opened twice in the last three years, once during the heavy snowfall of 2017 and again during the Great American Eclipse that same year said Ron Paradis, Executive Director of College Relations at Central Oregon Community College and the local JIC's deputy. The Central Oregon Emergency Information Network, which includes Deschutes County Health Services, St. Charles Health System, the City of Bend, local law enforcement and fire, Bend Lapine Schools, Deschutes County, Crook County, and Jefferson County Sheriff's Offices, and others, opened the JIC to collect, coordinate, and distribute timely and accurate information about COVID-19. Thus far, the message is the same as that of state officials. Prevention is key. JIC members began planning for the advent of COVID-19 last month, said Julian Repman, JIC manager and director of communication and safety at Ben Lapine Schools. We don't have a public health crisis in this community at this moment. We have an information crisis, Repman said, saying that too much false information that's not accurate or clear is being spread via social media. Monday's meeting included updates from various agencies about their plans to prevent and manage novel coronavirus. 
Repman detailed how local schools are working to ramp up and share messaging around preventing illnesses, including flu. Schools will start to see more signage asking students and staff to wash their hands when they arrive or leave. If someone contacts the virus in the local area, additional measures might include having students refrain from serving their own food in self-service areas, Repman said. The custodians are working extra hours right now to clean up all those high-touch areas, Repman said. We know that schools have a significant financial impact additionally on the community when they're closed. So we're doing everything we can to keep everybody healthy, including asking people to stay home if they have a fever over 105. Representatives from local law enforcement, including Bend Police and the Deschutes County Sheriff's Office, also detailed Monday how they're reviewing best practices with duty officers and those working with inmates at the Deschutes County Adult Jail. Bend Fire and other first responders have received training in using the proper protective gear. Local 911 operators have been given a script to help them identify people who may have the potential to carry the virus, said Patricia Connolly, Administration Battalion Chief for Bend Fire and Rescue. St. Charles initiates new protocols. Global supply chain disruptions attributed to coronavirus have caused health centers, including St. Charles Medical Center, to experience issues obtaining additional N95 masks and other personal protective gear. Lisa Goodman, Public Information Officer for St. Charles, said Monday. However, the health system had already stocked up on 10,000 extra masks when they began to learn more about COVID-19 in January, Goodman said. On Tuesday, St. Charles announced new protocols aimed at prevention. Each facility now has a limited number of access points. When someone comes in, they're required to sanitize their hands and to wear a mask if they're arriving with a fever, cough, or cold symptoms. Visitors may not be granted access if they're not seeking medical care. We may not allow people into the building if they could spread infection, but are not in need of medical attention. Read a press release from Cohen Tuesday. Cohen's website, coemergencyinfo.blogspot.com, offers up-to-date information for the local area. Community members can also call 211 for general information and questions. Also, check out the websites of the CDC and Oregon Health Authority to answer frequently answered questions and more. Next up, this week in the women's issue, here's one story from our culture section, highlighting the work of women. Be sure to check out the print edition for all the stories of our Woman of the Year and much more. Shifting Gender Bias Women in STEAM Helps Women in the Math and Sciences Overcome Common Hurdles by Laurel Bronze As the gender pay gap widens, one women-led group in Ben offers support to women advancing in competitive fields like tech, engineering, and the arts. According to the World Economic Forum Gender Gap Report, the gender pay gap is getting worse. Women often work in roles most vulnerable to automation like retail and white-collar clerical positions. In addition, women are more likely to perform unpaid care work for their children or their elders. And not enough women are entering the tech field where wages have grown the most, the report says. Women in Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math, also known as Technology Association of Oregon's Women in STEAM of Central Oregon, is helping local women reach their full potential in fields stereotypically dominated by men. The group hosts monthly mixers where local women in STEAM careers can network and help one another. Members can also participate in a mentorship program where women who are more established in their careers can help those who are just starting out. The group posts all upcoming events on their Meetup and Facebook pages. 
Women in STEAM also host quarterly workshops focused on skill building to help women overcome some common hurdles in the workplace. Last month, the group hosted former American Express executive Jeannie Coyle, who presented on confidence building and provided tools to help women elevate their power and impact. I don't think people join STEAM just to meet people, said Maggie Hubble, the organization's chair who originally helped found Women in STEAM along with Technology Association of Oregon's Terry Hockett two years ago. People go to be a part of a community of people they have something in common with. They are seeking out peers and support and to give support to others as well. Sometimes members will come with a specific issue they would like to discuss at the mixers, pay inequalities or promotions, for example, which jumpstarts a group discussion, Hubble said. Other times it's much more informal. The relationship building within the mentor-mentee matchups is one of the core priorities of the group. The mentoring application on the Women in STEAM website asks about work environment, favorite activities, and what do you wish your brain was better at doing? The Mentorship Steering Committee then forms partnerships among members and leaves it up to the members to set up meetings and decide on the scope of their accountability to one another. Luann Abrams, who has been with STEAM since its founding, is passionate about women in STEAM's mission, partly because she herself wished she had a mentor when she first entered the workforce as an aerospace engineer. Early on, when I first graduated from college, there was a lot of competition between women, especially in male-dominated fields, Abrams said. I definitely see more of a shift these days, women really supporting other women. We see this in the mentorship program in Women in STEAM, women willing to give their time to help other women succeed. I think there are still issues with breaking that glass ceiling, she said. A lot of companies think if they have one woman in their C-suite, then that ticks the diversity box. This observation was one of the many things that inspired Abrams to start her newest venture, CEOX. Through her vast network of executives throughout the U.S., Abrams has created a curated list of CEO-ready women. In some ways, it's a classic headhunting business model where her company makes money if someone from the list gets the gig. But its exclusive focus on women helps companies to explicitly expand their talent pool beyond their typical referral lists. In the future, the platform will further support potential women CEOs with video training seminars and other resources. Meanwhile, Hubble, the Women in STEAM chair, has just launched her own company called Shift to help organizations with gender bias in the workplace. It offers virtual reality trainings and an equity scan with interviews and data collection, for corporations interested in a more equitable workplace. Our research shows that organizations that embrace diversity experience higher revenues, increased employee retention, and have higher caliber candidates, Hubble said. Both Hubble and Abrams see their new organizations sharing symbiotic missions with one another and aligning with their volunteer work with women in STEAM as well. We're headed in the right direction. There is a growing awareness. We see it in the headlines, especially how women have been treated in their careers in traditionally male-dominated industries, Abrams said. But there is still a lot more work we need to do, and STEAM is a part of that. Find Women in STEAM mixers and workshops on their Meetup page, meetup.com slash women in STEAM Central Oregon, and Facebook page, facebook.com slash women in STEAM CO. Generally, about 15 to 30 people come to the group's bi-monthly mixers at the wine shop and beer tasting bar in downtown Bend, while 50 to 100 often attend their workshops and trainings. Hubble said their mixers are free and open to the public. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Source Weekly Podcast. Be sure to pick up your free copy of the Source Weekly wherever you find yourself in Central Oregon. 
or log on to our website, bensource.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam Scholl.